Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. I want to talk to you today about the reality that God always exceeds our expectations, whether we understand it in the moment or not. And really, the enemy can come and lie and confound and confuse us and make us disappointed with God because that we don't understand the scope of what he is actually doing. The word says that he will do above and beyond what we could ever hope or imagine. So sometimes in the moment, it might seem like we are being overlooked, forgotten, neglected. But really, it's because his plan is so big and so grand that we just cannot comprehend it. I think one of the greatest, most mind-blowing and amazing examples of this revelation that we find in Scripture is the disappointment of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been imprisoned for preaching the word of God, for standing on the scriptures, for believing it with all of his heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. And while he sat in his prison cell, he continues to hear the amazing things that Jesus is doing. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 2, we read this. And when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ... He sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? So Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see, that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. You see, Jesus wasn't just bragging to the disciples of John the Baptist. What he said was very intentional and had a specific purpose because Jesus knew what was in John's heart. He knew the question that his soul was asking from his deep, dark, lonely imprisonment, from the situation that seemed so hopeless, yet he was holding on to the hope that he found in Scripture he believed in a prophecy. You see, we all have promises that God has given us. We all read things in the Scriptures and we grab hold of it. But sometimes we twist the interpretation because of our limited perspective and sometimes even because of our vain imaginations. We think we understand exactly what God means and what he is doing, but his plans are so grand. The scripture tells us that his thoughts are far above our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, but they are perfect. And when they are fulfilled to the fullest, then we will find true joy everlasting because we will know how faithful our God is and how grand and magnificent his plans were for us and how amazing our part in it really was. It's easy to get discouraged when you feel overlooked or forgotten or deceived. 
But the Bible tells us that those who put their trust in God will never be ashamed. He is faithful to the end. His word will accomplish what it set out to do. You just have to be fully persuaded in his faithfulness towards you. You see, John knew the scriptures very well. He knew that God had prophesied through the prophets what the coming Messiah, the Christ, the chosen one would do. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. And no doubt that old devil came to torment him in this lowly prison place in Herod's dungeon. I'm sure the devil even quoted scriptures to him and began to try to twist them. Maybe he caused him to remember this one. That when the Messiah would come, that the Spirit of the Lord God would be upon him. That because the Lord had anointed him, he would preach good tidings unto the meek. That he was sent to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all them that mourn in Zion. And to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. You see, what Jesus said and showed The disciples of John had a very specific purpose. It proved that he was fulfilling this prophecy. He was preaching the gospel to the poor. He was healing the blinded eyes. He was even raising the dead. But he left out one part of it. The part where it said that he would open the prison for those held in it. Instead, he sent the warning. Blessed are those who do not allow themselves to become disappointed with me. Jesus had a plan. John the Baptist's part in it was amazing. But in the moment he couldn't see, all he could see was the temporary, this prison cell around him. That while the ministries of those who came up under him were growing, he was sitting in darkness alone, and that the very man who was supposed to be the one who was sent by God to open up the prisons and get the ones out of it who stood for God and were faithful and true, he was there so close, working miracles for strangers, but not fulfilling this promise for his own friend. And kinsmen. I can understand why John the Baptist began to question. And I can also understand Jesus' warning against the dangers of disappointment. Because it's arrogant to think that we can comprehend God, but we just have to have faith in his faithfulness towards us. John the Baptist, 
who was one of the very first people to declare that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, the Christ, the anointed, the chosen, the one they had been waiting for. He had received a word that whoever the Spirit of the Lord came and rested upon and stayed would be the one that they had been waiting for. And at his baptism, Jesus comes and it says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him and stayed there. And therefore, John knew and professed and proclaimed he is the one that we have waited for the lamb of god that has come to take away the sins of the world this very man who had so boldly professed before all of creation who jesus was now questions if he's really the one what led him to this was it a lack of faith no actually i believe it was his great faith in the word of God because there was a prophecy given and John the Baptist held to this promise he really believed it so when it didn't happen the way that he expected instead of questioning his interpretation he began to question the manifestation Let us have wisdom and learn from John's experience. Because what God did was so big and so perfect, it surpassed his understanding. And in his limited perspective, he could not comprehend or grasp the scope of what God had used him to usher in. Because, you see, while Jesus continued to fulfill elements of that prophecy except through John's perspective the part that he really needed John the Baptist was beheaded he was killed for his faithfulness now understand this that the Bible is very clear that no sin can enter into the kingdom of heaven Therefore, before the blood atonement of Jesus, no one that died went to heaven. You could not enter in because, as scripture also says, that the blood of bulls and goats is not sufficient to take away sin. It doesn't remove it. It just covered it. So in the Old Testament, when the saints died, they went to a place called Sheol or hell. But it's not hell the way that we see it, not the place of torment. It was a holding place. Some call it Abraham's bosom. We get a description of it somewhat in the story that Jesus gave us about Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man was a sinner. He was in hell. He was in torment. But when Lazarus dies, he goes to this holding place where Abraham and Moses and all the saints were. There was no torment there, but it wasn't heaven either because they could not get in. So it was something akin to what people nowadays might call a purgatory, but it was really Abraham's bosom. It was just a place of waiting till they could be atoned for and cleansed by the blood of the real lamb. We get so caught up in the rest of the story of Jesus, the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection that we forget. That when John the Baptist was beheaded, this is where he would have went and waited. Now there's a very interesting thing that I want you to grasp today. That place, Sheol, 
was known and is sometimes translated in scripture as the prison. So you see, there was no reason to be disappointed. God did not lie to him. Because very shortly after Jesus himself would be crucified, he would be laid in the tomb. Oh, but the devil didn't know what he was doing because Jesus had not sinned. And the law says that sin brings death. Therefore, a man who had not sinned was not holden to the penalty of it. He was sinless. Therefore, when he was released from his physical body, his spirit was able to enter in to heaven. To bring the blood of an atonement to the mercy seat, which is the very throne of God. His own blood, him, our high priest, and make true and everlasting atonement. And once he did that, then he was able to go down, having the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and the authority to take those saints with him out of the prison and bring them to heaven. Oh, he was going to fulfill the prophecy spoken in Isaiah, just not the way that John expected something far grander, far more lasting, something eternal and more powerful than what John could imagine. That's what God had used John to be a part of. Oh, have faith in God when you can't comprehend what he is doing. It may just be that his plans are so grand that they're beyond your comprehension. Nevertheless, he does have a part for you to play in it. He'll let you know on the day of judgment. It'll make sense where it really matters. On the shores of eternity, in our natural man, we tend to look into the temporary, into the physical. Why aren't things changing in the world right here, right now? My friend, that's not what it is about. We tend to think that if we can change the physical... It will affect the spiritual, but in actuality, God has called us to have enough faith to affect the spiritual and watch it change the physical. Because the spiritual is what is real. It's what really matters. It is what is eternal. That's what God was after. A temporary physical prison was not as important as bringing the faithful from two whole dispensations of earth's history into heaven. Yes, God did free the captives from the prison. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, we can read an account of this. When Jesus went and preached, it says, to the spirits that were in prison, he went and preached even to the demons that had perished before the flood of Noah trying to destroy mankind, trying to separate God's beloved from him. He went to preach his death, burial, and resurrection and the power of his redemption to us, Lord, who believe. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, we read more about this experience that when Jesus went 
He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men that he not only went up, but he also descended, but not only descended into the pit, but he also took those saints with him and went back to heaven again, which leads us to another amazing revelation about this story. Because you see in Matthew chapter 7, verse 51, we read this, that after Jesus' crucifixion, it says the veil of the temple was rent into two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks did break, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. You see, Jesus wasn't the only one resurrected. Many of the saints of old, it says, were resurrected with him. They went into the city and testified of Jesus and what he had done. And we can't say this for a surety, but I want you to imagine it for a moment. What if John the Baptist was one of them? But that would have freaked Herod out, who was always a little scared of him. But how amazing is this story? John the Baptist sitting in his prison cell beginning to doubt because Jesus didn't get him out. But yet he was able to be part of the single most unimaginable event in history. He got to experience it from both the physical and from eternity. And what did it matter that he was going to lose his head and be out of the story for a little season? If he was coming right back the resurrection of Jesus. Oh, God knows the end from the beginning. So trust him. What he's doing will truly be amazing. He will keep his word. He will keep his promises. He will fulfill scripture. You can be fully persuaded of that. It is a firm place to stand. He will do what he said. He just may not do it the way you expect it. So don't get disappointed when things don't look the way that you thought that they would. In fact, that's when it's time to praise him because he's going to do something far beyond your expectations. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.